0: Days, they say, uh, makes a habit. And so that's one of the reasons we're doing this for 21 days. So that doesn't mean you're going to fast 21 days every month, although you could, but hopefully it will cause you to get an understanding of how to fast, and then you can do that all year in all kinds of different ways. There's certain ways that I fast um, during the year, and I try to stick with that, and then you can do it your way. And so, like I said, it's it's not a specific way that's right, but it's the right heart. But I want to talk about Joel, chapter 2, because this is one of the best places, and there are over uh, 70 places that the Bible mentions prayer and fasting, so it's in the Bible a lot. Um, but Joel, chapter 2, and verse 12, if you're there, give me an amen. amen. We're going we're to uh, read this. It says, now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping. And with mourning, and I love this next verse, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. And do not give your heritage to reproach. Let the na- that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. And there, here's the promise. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. That's Provision. And you will be satisfied by them, and I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Father, for a few minutes, we ask you to anoint your word tonight. We ask you to uh, speak to our hearts, to our spirits, not to our flesh, God, because the flesh... That we live in and the flesh that is our our carnality is not wanting to hear the word of God. Not wanting to talk about praying and fasting and praise. But we do these things to put our, our, our carnal bodies and minds into subjection to the Holy Spirit. So we ask that you'd anoint these next few moments as we read your word, as we learn how to do a fast, as we learn how to set ourselves apart for you and sanctify ourselves, knowing that there's a great return and a great blessing when we do it. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So we see here that there's a fast called, and I want to go back to 12 and 13 just to show you something that's really important. Uh, anytime and, and I'll throw this out if you're going to do this simply because that's already a bad start it, it is good to be obedient but you need to do it with the right heart and the right heart is isn't i hate fasting i like to eat that would be my answer in the flesh i don't like to fast if i was being honest i don't i don't like to fast but i know it's because i like to eat but i'm but i love i i know that it works. And one of the reasons that, that we fast is because we're 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 telling the physical body, I'm in control and you're not. Now I mentioned this last week. Some people in here don't have a problem with food. It could be something else. And so maybe as you go through this, it's you you should do food, but maybe maybe that's not an issue for you at all. But there are some other things that that would get in the way. And I'm going to say this at the end. But I want to say it right here at the beginning. Fasting is abstaining from anything. That hinders your prayer. Okay. Think about that. What is fasting? Fasting is abstaining from anything. That hinders your prayer. So if, if, if we know the power of prayer. And we know what prayer does. It is a fact. Then if maybe it's TV. Is a hindrance. To me praying. Then I fast TV. If social media is a hindrance to me seeing God move, then I fast that. If food is that, then I fast that. Whatever it is, uh, maybe your work is something that, you not, not that you don't show up, but what I mean is you shut off after you go home. Um, I, I can throw out a million examples. You all know and we all know what our own situation is. And whatever is hindering us is what we need to fast. And so it doesn't have to be just food, although biblically, that is most of the time the thing most talked about, and we saw that the most with Jesus. But he says, turn to me, verse 12, with all your heart. That's what God wants. God wants every bit of us. And he wants us to turn to him with fasting, weeping, and mourning. And like I said, I like 13 because it says, rend your heart and not your garment, meaning it's not an exterior thing, it's an interior thing. So there's a lot of stuff that I could do. This is not the time where you are posting on social media that you're fasting and I'm not saying in a general way or that I'm doing this and I'm doing that and you're letting the whole world because that's not what it's about. It's about God seeing what you're doing in the personal because this is where you see victory publicly from personal consecration. Okay? You see that in your workplace. You see that in, in your prayer life. You see it from, from setting yourself aside to things um, in your personal life. This is a time where, although we know we're going to be doing this for 21 days, we're, we're not, we're not uh, here to blast out and say exactly how we're doing it and why we're doing it because that's between us and God, but we're participating, each one of us, in our own way as the Holy Spirit leads us. And that I do it with the right attitude and I do it with the right heart. It's just like giving. You know the Lord said if you're going to give with a grudging heart, don't give. Right. The Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. And so there's going to be some moments during this that you're going you're to get irritable. You're going to get uh, hangry. <laughs> Amen. That's a very famous word today. Um, you're going to have headaches. You're going you're to you're have uh, withdrawals on certain things. Those are going to be some things that are going to happen. But prayer takes care of that. And so you don't quit and give up and say, I can't do this because you get a headache. You say, Lord, I'm doing this for you. Help me. And you pray about it. So purposing prayer, set aside to pray and seek for God's power or answers or breakthrough is what fasting is. Okay, purposing prayer, set aside to pray and seek for God's power for an answer or a breakthrough. Someone said the, the record of fasting and what it, is, what it accomplishes is one of the most dramatic aspects of the Bible. It's not, how many know it's not something that's very popular to be talked about, but it's what brings victory? It's what brings breakthrough. Let me give you some examples. In 2 Samuel 12, you don't have to go there. You can write it down if you want to. Um, David fasted for seven days after he um, committed adultery and killed that man and made the sin. And he had, he, his, 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 the woman got pregnant and had a son. And his son got sick and he fasted for seven days for that baby. So that baby would live. Uh, Jehoshaphat is a really, really, really powerful story in the Bible out of 2 Chronicles 20. And he gets some news that everybody's coming to fight him. Everybody in the neighborhood is coming after him. Everybody in the city. Everybody wants to take him out. And he, he gets nervous and scared. But instead of running, he says, you know what? I'm going to fast. And, and so this, that's another reason that we would fast is if we're confronting something. There's a lot of reasons why we fast. Sometimes it's for a breakthrough in something. You just can't seem, like I said this morning, to get through. You're, you're doing something insanely where you are continuing to do the same thing and not seeing a result. And so you say, I'm, I'm tired of not seeing a result. I'm going to fast. It could be something that's a goal and you say, Lord, I need your help with this. I'm going to believe for this and so I'm going to fast. It could be where an opposition comes against you and, and the enemy attacks you and you say, we're going to fast. There's many, many reasons. Trouble. Need of an intervention of God? I mean, how many people that we know that need an intervention from God, but they don't know who how to do it? You know, especially our loved ones, neighbors, people we work with, they don't, they don't understand that. But how will they understand it if we don't understand it? We have to do it ourselves first. And here, here's probably what would be my greatest desire for fasting, is desperate for a revival. Don't have to be in trouble, don't have to have any problems, but I want to see God move. You know, that's, that's probably the, the reason I fast the most. And the reason I'm going to fast the most on this is I want to see a move of God. Like a real sovereign move of God, amen? That people just say, man, God is like, like, a, that, like that revival. I talked about that this morning. I've always had that desire in my heart to see a revival. But what's interesting is if you in 1 Samuel 31, write that down. for I'm, I'm not trying to get you to go there for time. Verse 13, um, the Bible says that they were praying and fasting And they took their bones and buried them under the tree at Jabesh, and fasted seven days. And the Bible says that all the valiant men of Jabesh Gilead fasted for seven days. The interesting thing about this is it wasn't the priests, but it was the farmers and the workers. So this is not something that I do as the pastor or leaders do alone. This is something that every believer should do. Every believer should say, I want a breakthrough in my life, I want a better job, I want to have a better marriage, I want to have better finances, I want to be closer to the Lord. There's many, many reasons to do this, and so it's not just for leaders, but it's for everybody. And in in that story, if you read it later with your time in 1 Samuel 31, Israel was in the greatest crisis that they had ever faced as a nation. They had enemies on every side. They had just come out of the promised land and everybody was mad about it. Saul and his sons had been killed in battle. The Israelites had been defeated by the Philistines. They had run, run out of, um, of control and, and ran out of Jordan. The Philistines were now oppressing them. David was in disaster. Every, everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And now, after uh, the, when you see that story of, of, the, of Jericho that was talked about, they go and capture Ziklag, and, and they, they, they Achan makes a mistake, and so there's just bad problems everywhere. And here's the thing. The situation looked hopeless. You know when a good time is to fast? When things look hopeless. When it seems like there's no way out and there's no answer But this is why Jabez fasted. I want you to write this down if you don't write anything else down. The history of 1 Samuel, the whole book, is a history of decline, defeat, division, and disaster. I'll say that again. The history of 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel, is a history of decline, defeat, division, and disaster. All bad. All bad D's. But here's the awesome thing. Jabesh says we need to fast. We need to pray. We need to seek God. Guess what happens in Second Samuel? It's a chapter in a, in a history of restoration, reunification, and victory. So you can see from two, if you go and read that, that be, might be a good thing to read during this time. Read those two uh, books, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and see how things turn around and how we can be in a place in our lives where we might be walking in defeat or not seeing what we want to see, and God steps in through praying and fasting. I also want you to write down, to have there, another book to read during this time is Isaiah 58. The whole chapter of Isaiah 58, really specifically, I don't want to go into it tonight, really talks about the attitude behind fasting. And and he basically is saying what I said a few minutes ago, I don't want you to fast if you do it with the wrong attitude. It's it's not something, and and this is kind of a a difficult thing sometimes for us to to grasp because of the balance of God's. One thing would say, well, I need to do it out of obedience, but the real, real truth is I need to do it because I want to, yet I know I need to do it. And I need to do it because if I don't want to do it, my flesh doesn't want to do it, but I need to tell my flesh I'm going to do it. So there's a battle there, but the bottom line is I need to come to grips with the fact that I need to do it, but I need to do it with the right attitude. Right? Does that make sense? I, if I don't realize I need to do it, I'll never do it. But then once I realize I need to do it, I need to do it with an attitude that says, you know what, since I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it with a good attitude. And I'm going to enjoy it. Right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's, it's like prayer. You, if you don't train yourself to have a prayer life, prayer is not fun. It's like reading the Bible. If you don't understand that this is life and and victory is in that and it's a manual for your life and you just read it because you know you need to read a chapter a day to feel better, you're not going to change. But if you read it because you know it's breath and it's life and it's health and it's food to your soul, you're going to read it with a different attitude. Amen? Amen? Same thing again with, with giving, with serving, with outreaching, with telling people about Jesus. Everything we do has to be done with the right attitude. God does love obedience. And it is, but it is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And so he doesn't want us just to sacrifice, but he wants us to obey. So here's a thought. Could, history, could the history of the Israelites have been changed by that one fast? Think about that. Maybe in our lives, in our church, in our marriages, in our families, in our, in our destiny, this fast might change our lives forever. Shouldn't we come in with that attitude that this isn't just going to be another fast, but this is going to be the greatest thing we've ever done? Right? Why? Because it's the future. Like we talked about this morning. We're not looking back anymore. We're not looking at past victories or past defeats. We're looking to the future. We've never had 2018 before. Some of us didn't think we'd ever, and I'm not even talking about the rapture or the return of Christ. Some of us didn't think we'd ever get to 2018. Right? When we were in the 80s and 90s, 2000, you know, uh, Y2K came along. I mean, we didn't even know we'd be here in 2018. And here we are. So it's going to be the first and only 2018 we ever get. So we should make the best of it. And we should say, Lord, this is going to be, even if we did this again next year, this is going to be the most amazing praying and fasting I've ever done in my life. I'm going to see victory. Then we go to the New Testament and we see Jesus and John's disciples. And they asked Jesus, this is an interesting thing. They said, Jesus, how come you and your disciples don't fast like John the Baptist and his disciples? He said, the bridegroom is with them. How can the children of the bride chamber fast when the bridegroom is with them? He says, but there will be a day when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they shall fast in those days. Those are the days we live in. We live in those days. When Jesus was with them, he says, "Uh, you don't need to fast because I'm right here. Yeah, we can talk about it right now. But then he went away to heaven, and for the, now in the church age, we know that he's coming again, and there'll be a day we won't have to fast anymore. There'll be a day when we'll have a glorified body. There'll be a day when we're going to have a, 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 a banquet, and it's going to be awesome. But until that day, when we see that bridegroom again, and we see, we see Jesus, we're going to have to fast to get victory. Amen? So he says there's, there's coming a day. In the early church, all throughout the book of Acts, all throughout the New Testament, we see that the early church practiced fasting. Okay? Practiced fasting and praying. Acts 14.23 says, When they had ordained elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commanded them to the Lord on whom they prayed believed so we see that the elders in every church were praying and fasting it wasn't something that they did every once in a while it was part of their life this is one of those things that is not attractive fasting is not attractive it's not something that's so exciting when you hear about it but once you've done it and seen the results it gets very exciting some of you in here have never fasted before and so you're like man what are you talking about but if you'll try it and do it during this time, and see some results, you'll be like, man, I'm fasting more. This really works. And how many know that anything worthwhile takes a sacrifice? Anything that's worthwhile takes a sacrifice. And so that's the way it is with the things of God. God says, I've got a bank account up here for you, of all the stuff that you need, but you need to tap into it, and the way you tap into it is through praying and fasting. Amen, the practice in the Old Testament and the New Testament is this. This is another good thing to write down. They turn completely to God. When you're praying and fasting, you know it's, think about the, 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 the significance of fasting. We will not die if we miss a meal, although we might think that sometimes, right? It's just one meal. we're not going to die. But our, fi- our body will tell us we are. Like our body, you know, the stomach begins to growl and all these things. And what it is is we understand that the body does not know. I want you to think about this. The body does not know we plan on eating again. Think about that. When you are not eating, your body is in starve mode. It's going, was that it? Was that the last time I'm ever, and your body begins to freak out. Your mind knows I'm going to eat again, but your body says we're going to die. And it goes into start mode. And then, if you do another meal, it really begins to freak out. But the idea I'm trying to get you to understand is we're depending, our body is depending on the fact that we will eat again, that we will give it its nourishment. So, there's a faith factor that you're telling your body, I trust the Lord more to not eat than the food that I know I need to eat. Does that make sense? It's a faith statement. And again, we know in our minds that, that we're, we're going to eat again, whether it's the next day or two days or three days or however we're doing a fast, but our body does not know that, so our body freaks out. And so it's a faith factor. It's telling my body, listen, I'm, I, again, I'm in control, and you're not. And, and while I'm fasting this thing or this time, I am, I am consecrating my thoughts, I'm consecrating my actions, and I'm turning completely To you. It's a dimension that's missing in our lives many times. We need a move of God. We need God to help us. The Bible says the way I help you is through fasting. It's a fact. It's a a promise. It's something he asks. Now, you might say, I've done pretty good without fasting. God has really done some awesome things in my life. And, and you might think, I've, you know, God's given me a job. He's blessed me with a promotion. He's, he's blessed my family. There's going to be a lot of things that you'll see that God has given you without this. But what you don't see is what you don't have that you could have with fasting. You've only gotten a glimpse. He, he, a lot of times, God gives us things on credit. He shows us his blessings. He shows us his provision. But there's another level tapped into that we can tap into through praying and fasting. And again, this is what I want you to get more than anything. Don't just focus on, although it's okay to pray and fast for these things, things that are monetary, things that are job, things that are are, are material, things that are visible. Really understand that the greatest benefit of fasting is a closer relationship with God. And the more you fast, the closer you get to God. Why? Because your flesh is being put to the side. And we are spirit. And so whenever my flesh is involved, my flesh is dividing my attention. And anybody that's ever fasted... Whether it's a day or two days or three days or however much, if you've realized once you got past a meal or past a day, you begin to, to, to get into a, a, another level of, of your body where your body is, is now in a different mode and you begin to feel closer to God. It seems like you begin to hear his voice more. It seems like you begin to understand the word more. It seems like you, when you talk to God, he's hearing your prayers more. Nothing has changed except the flesh has gotten out of the way. That's what fasting does. Fasting is placing my flesh to the side and saying, you don't, you don't uh, control me, I control you. Here's the thought. A fast is not a hunger strike. Fasting is submitting to God's command. A hunger strike makes God submit to our demands. So it's not a hunger strike. It's me saying, God, I submit to your commands. If fasting wasn't in the Bible, we wouldn't do it. But it's there. So I'm do it to obey, not just to go on a hunger strike. Prayer, listen to this. I thought this was really good. Prayer is reaching out after the unseen fasting is letting go of all that is seen and temporal fasting is letting go of all that is seen and temporal fasting helps express deepen and confirm the resolution that we already have that we are willing to sacrifice anything that is a statement that you are making when you fast I am willing to sacrifice anything. It, 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 it's, it's not that you go all the way, but you're making a statement. Here, Lord, I'm making some steps towards you. I, I, am, I am showing you that I'm serious. I, I, am, I am setting my desire and my needs aside. And again, I can't iterate enough that this might not be food for you. It, will, it might be something else. Whatever dominates your thought life is something that needs to be fasted. Can I get an amen? Whatever dominates again, you might you might have no you might have no you might be that person that eats to live, not lives to eat. You eat because you you know if you don't you'll die. You could care less if you ever ate again. There are there believe it or not there are people that are like that. I am not one of them, but there are people like that. But so that that fasting of food is is something that you could obey and do, but. But how many understand what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense. Here's an example. If I fast, everybody here has a favorite meal probably, right? Do you have a favorite meal of the day? Raise your hand if you have a favorite meal, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. All of them, Dad says. You're lying. You used to, right? Let's just say you have a favorite meal. Now I've I've, I've talked about this a whole lot of times over the year. Um, That favorite meal that you have is the one you should fast. Now everybody has a meal that you, could, that you can get without. I know people that do not eat breakfast. They don't need breakfast. I know people that do not need lunch. And th- everybody has a meal that they can go without. So I would be cheating if I said, I'm going to fast, and I'm going to fast that meal. Because, and, and you said, well, I, have, I didn't eat. What good is that if you're fasting something that you already fast anyways? <laughs> right? It's a meal you don't eat. So that's the idea behind it. Is that we're not trying to cheat God. We're trying to say, look, what what is the thing in my life that day that dominates me that I I don't don't feel like I can get to Tuesday if I don't eat this meal? That would be the one that you should fast with the right heart. I don't know if I can get to Tuesday without checking my Instagram. Give me an amen. I don't know if I can get to Tuesday without Snapchat. Right? Right? on and on whatever i'm not going to spend a lot of time but you get what i'm saying if there's something you can't get to tuesday without if your mind is on that that's what you should fast and you should show the lord i can put that down right and so you make a mental decision i can put that down and then if you can't and you you you're like drawn to it then you, it's even confirmation that's what i need to fast more right there because that has my affection that has my affection and, and those are things we need to test ourselves on. We, maybe we don't even know for sure, but maybe if you begin to do it, you'll begin to find out. It's just that thing where you're saying, God, nothing is more important than you. There's nothing that I cannot live without except you. And again, it might not just be food. So it says fasting exp- expresses and deepens and confirms the resolution. We already have to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. There's a seriousness there that says, God, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I want you to know great marriages and great finances and great churches and great ministries and great things don't happen by chance. They happen by decisions. And they happen by decisions being made over and over again, and it takes sacrifice. Amen? Here's an interesting thought. One way to begin to see how vastly indulgent we are is, is to Fast. A long day that is not broken by the usual three meals. One finds out what an astonishing amount of time is spent in the planning, purchasing, preparing, eating, and cleaning up of meals. Like when you really begin to think about it. A lot of thought, time, money, and effort goes into eating. Amen? How many are following me there? It just begins to show us. By fasting, the body learns to obey the soul. By praying, the soul learns to command the body. That's what we want to be. We want to be at that place where, as I've told you before, there's nothing wrong with having things as long as the things don't have you. It's, it's having that walk with God that, look, if you want it, Lord, here. Here it is. Here, I don't need it. You can have it. That's the kind of, that's the kind of walk we want to have that we don't have to cling to something. If He asks for it, here, here you go. Right? Never should we be that, that spiritual baby that said, no, mine. And holds it back. Can't have it. Amen? That, that's what God is looking for. That, that nothing would cling to us. Nothing would have our attention more than God. So the Bible talks in Corinthians about Paul being in stripes and imprisonment and tumults and labors. And, and watching and fasting. And he says, fasting often. And what they did again, to say this again, is they turned completely to God. It's a spiritual dimension that takes us to another place where God can do amazing supernatural things. Um, I want to close with this tonight, this thought, very important, Matthew 17, 21. Very known scripture, but very important. These disciples were trying to cast out a demon of a man, of a boy. And the men took this boy to the disciples and said, You know this boy is he 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 convulses and he he foams at the mouth and he has he has a spirit in him and they prayed for him and the spirit wouldn't come out and they took the boy to Jesus and Jesus prayed over him and the spirit came out and the disciples were upset and discouraged and didn't understand they said Jesus why couldn't we pass why couldn't we cast that demon out and what did he ask what was his answer some things only come by prayer and fasting some things only come By prayer and fasting. And so there may be something that we've continued, again, over and over to try to do. To try to get victory in. To try to break. To try to see God move in. And it hasn't happened. That's when we need to say, okay, this is time to fast. Because I'm not going to let that thing keep defeating me. I'm not going to keep walking in in defeat. But I'm going to do what Jesus says. On the human level, there are certain things that happen in us. In our lives. On a human level. And when we pray... God gives the power that adds a dimension that takes us to do things that we cannot do on our own. That's what praying and fasting does. And, and, and I have seen it in my life. I have seen things happen in my life where I knew that was not me. That was not, that had nothing to do with me. That was all God. And then and, and things that are just not even explainable, things that don't even make sense, they're supernatural, that's a dimension I think we should want to live in. Amen? We should want to be in that place. How many want to be in that place? Amen? In a place where, you know what, you might not even know you want to be there. I promise you want to be there. You want to be in that dimension of, of spirituality where you are seeing God do things that are impossible. So the bottom line is, some things that we're praying for are things that are hard. They don't want to come out, they're difficult, and only praying and fasting is going to do it. I'm going to give you one more quote. The purpose of fasting is to loosen the ties that bind us to material things and our surrounding as a whole. That we would concentrate all our spiritual powers on the unseen and eternal things. It's, it's, a, it's a seriousness that says, God, I'm not tied to this world. That, that's something that can be said, but I want it to be lived. Yeah. Right? I, I, nothing in this world has me, and that can be said, but the, but the question is, is that the truth? Yeah. And I think we should, we should all want that to be the truth. Whatever you ask me to do, Lord, I'll do. But you know what? It's easy to say that if you haven't done it. But once you begin, see, fasting is is baby steps of obedience. And over this time, not everybody's going to fast all 21 days. Not everybody's going to do this perfect. No one's probably going to do it perfect. But you can do it with the right attitude. And you can do it with the right heart. And you can say, you know what? I'm in this, I'm going to give my best effort. And you will find that if you'll take baby steps and, and you'll do it for a meal, you'll do it for a day, you'll do it for this, you'll do it for that, you'll begin to feel dominion in your spirit. God's on your side. That's why He says, if I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We need to wake up and say, Lord, every morning, as Robert was saying as he gets out of bed and thanks to the Lord, we need to say, Lord, I need your help today on this fast. You said you'd strengthen me, I need your strength. I, I, this is going to be hard, and I know, but I know you can help me. I know you can give me the strength to do it. So just just to to finish tonight as we pray, um, again, no right way to do this. Starting Thursday, it is starting Thursday, till 31st, at least the attitude would be, I'm in this for 21 days. I'm going to have a conscious effort to pray and to fast how the Lord leads. I'm going to pray more than I normally pray. I'm going to fast more than I normally fast. If you could, here's some things you could do. One is, I already mentioned a Daniel fast. That's something I've done several times in my life. Many people have done it. It's a 21-day thing where you just eat fruits and vegetables. You don't eat any meat. You don't eat any breads. And and there's all kinds of stuff on the internet for that. That's a perfectly fine thing to do. Another thing is you could say, I'm going to, I don't know if I can fast every day, but I'm going to fast every other day. Another thing you could do is you could say, I don't think I can fast a whole day, but I'll fast a meal every day. Another thing that you could do is you could say, "I'm going to eat dinner." I'm just giving this as an example. It could be the other way around, and then the next day I'm not going to eat till dinner again. So I'm just throwing out some ideas and ways you can do it. You do it as the Lord leads you to do it. God's not going to say, "No, that's wrong." He's not going to throw an X up, like like Family Feud, right? He's not going to. Be, he's not going to. He's not going to beep you. He's going to be happy with the heart that you have and the consecration of your heart saying, I want to do this for your for your purpose. So there's some options and some things. And again, Isaiah 58 would be a great thing to read before Thursday, before we start. But fasting is abstaining from anything that hinders prayer. Father, I ask you tonight to help us. This is a great opportunity and it's a great idea. Lord, I, I believe that Pastor Paul and Pastor Jones were hearing your voice when they decided to Uh, make this fast as a fellowship I thank you tonight that we're part of a fellowship that we have family that we have brothers and sisters around the world that will hold us accountable Lord I know tonight that uh, it would be foolish to think that every single person's going to participate or every single person's going to do this all the way through but Lord it's possible it's possible Lord we can shoot for the stars we can shoot for the best. We can, we can have a goal. This should be a goal for us, Lord. That, that I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be days that are harder than others. But Lord, I can do this because you've asked me to do it. And I know that I know that I know that we'll see some fruit from it, God. We'll see your hand moving upon us. You'll, we'll see chains broken. Addictions broken. Past problems broken. Unforgiveness broken curses, things that are on our lives that, are, that the devil wants to, to be in our lives that don't need to be there, they'll be broken Lord help us tonight to just be resolved the awesome thing about this is we're talking about it today and we're going to be talking about it again Wednesday and so we're able to mentally prepare for what's coming Lord so we can begin to think about how we can do it and pray about it and say Lord lead me in the way that you want me to do this so that it's done in a way that honors you and gives you glory. Lord, I thank you for salvation tonight. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for your grace that I do not deserve. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Lord, I pray tonight as we're here that if there are people in this place that don't know you, personally that they would come to know you today that they would come to know the love and the grace and the mercy that's so awesome the peace that passes all understanding tonight God maybe you're here tonight and you believe in God you know he's real but you've never surrendered your life to him he's just kind of part of your life but tonight he wants to be everything to you how many could say pastor I'm not saved tonight? And I want to know that I'm saved. I want to be born again tonight. Just lift your hand and put it right back down all over this place. That's me. You're here tonight and you say, "I have a desire inside. My eyes are closed. I'm not looking. You don't even have to raise your hand, but you're answering a question. I've got a desire in my heart tonight to see God do something in my life I've never seen. I want that. I don't want to live off past things that I've seen. God has blessed me to see some amazing things. To be used, to see lives changed, but I'm not living in the past. I'm living for what God has for me this year. I'm living for tomorrow. I'm living for this week, for the moment. Let God challenge you to live in the moment tonight and and to take this day by day if you think tonight of this thing as 21 days, that's a lot of days but if you think of it day by day one day at a time it'll be over before you know it and you'll see victory and you'll see change let's stand to our feet tonight I want to pray tonight uh, for us to take control and authority over our flesh and ask the Lord to give us strength that doesn't come from us I'm going to open up the altar if you'd like to come down here and pray. You can pray at your seat, wherever you want. But I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you before we sing this last worship song. I, want to, I just want to, I want to pray for myself especially. I want to pray that the Lord would, would give me dominion over my flesh. And I want you to pray for that too tonight. That we would do what the Bible says. Paul said, I, I discipline my body. I beat my body into subjection. I die to my flesh daily. One of the most powerful ways you can die to your flesh is fasting. And again, it's not food, maybe it's something else, but you can fast. Say, Lord, I'm I'm in control here. You and I are in control of my temple, not the other way around. Father, I pray tonight for all of us that are here that you would give us a, a dominion in our spirits. To be able to take this fast and prayer time by the horns father and grab it and, and say we're going to do this powerfully we're going to see god move and i and i make a decision right now lord that i know that i am weak i am weak without you but in you i am strong lord tonight i i don't have a lot of self-discipline without you but with you i can do anything i can do all the things that you ask me to do through christ who gives me strength I come against the spirits of lust, the spirits of anger, the spirits of unforgiveness, the spirits of of lack of self-control, Lord, spirits that wander, spirits that that deceive, spirits that try to control my thought life. I come against those spirits right now by the power of the blood of Jesus. And I declare, Lord, that I'm going to have the mind of Christ. I'm going to think like Jesus wants me to think. I'm going to act like Jesus wants me to act. If Jesus did it, I can do it because you said greater works would be do in your name. Greater things would we do in your name, Lord. That's a promise from you. Lord, it might seem impossible to fast that long. It might seem impossible to do these things. But God, you said in your word, what's impossible with man is possible with God. And God, if we want to see supernatural things, we've got to do supernatural things to see it. We've got to connect with your power, and your power has to get us out the way. cannot see you move the way we want you to, to move if we don't get out of the way. So we submit to you tonight. We submit our minds. We submit our hearts. We submit our thoughts. We submit our attitudes. And we say, Lord, I'm going to do this in your name. I'm going to do this for your glory. I'm going to do this because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Father, thank you for preparation. I speak victory over these people. I speak power. I speak sound mind. I speak peace. I speak, Lord God, a discernment over us tonight. I speak an obedience over us tonight, Father. To know your will, to know your power, to know your strength tonight. Lord, I'm yours, and everything I have is yours. Remove from me everything that hinders you moving in my life. In the name of Jesus. Father, I love you, and I praise you, and I worship you tonight. Let's thank him tonight because he's a good God who's on our side. Amen. He is worthy of everything that we are and everything we have let's sing this song tonight as we uh, just seal today's decisions we just worship Him and thank Him for who He is and what He's done you deserve the glory tonight Father you deserve the glory